0: Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschereau and delighted to be with you today and I'm delighted to have with us a guest that we've worked for a number of weeks to try to get together our schedules to make sure we could get him on the air and we're we're delighted to have with us today Lars Carlson. He's the president and CEO of Youth Haven. Lars, welcome.
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Vic. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited because I really think you've got a lot to share. There's a lot of great things that go on. And for people that don't know about Youth Haven, maybe you could give us the elevator speech on uh, what Youth Haven is all about, and maybe uh, then we'll kind of unpack how how it came into your life and what's going on from there. So tell us, first of all, uh, as president and CEO of Youth Haven, what are you president and CEO of? (laughs) that's
1: a great question (laughs) well the organization began in 1968 Um, our main campus our corporate offices are here in Michigan uh, just in Rives Junction which is about a half hour south of Lansing and uh, we have a satellite campus out in Arizona between Tucson and Phoenix Mm. and uh, the organization began with the exclusive intent to reach out to children in need kids who are often falling through the cracks in our society Um, you know, maybe there's some at-risk issues in their life. They've been put into foster care due to abuse or neglect or different disadvantages. Um, they're in a single-parent family. Maybe there's just not much money um, to, to be had, but they have some things in their lives that are definitely setting them up for challenges, and Youth Haven is there to bring them um, to a place. Most of the time, that's what we do. We bring them to Youth Haven, and we give them just a great experience, a uh, opportunity to be loved and cared for have many of their basic needs met Um, we're a christian non-denominational organization so sharing with them that god made them special and for a purpose Um, but just to love on them and Mm. we do that with no cost to them we don't accept any federal or state money and so for 50 uh, 53 years now we've been doing that kind of work and just helping kids in need
0: you know that's interesting you, you mentioned that uh, about you know kids loving on kids and just being a part of their world I remember years ago I was involved um, uh, in an organization uh, it, it was called Aces all children exercising simultaneously once a day or uh, once a year they would all get together you know three four hundred thousand kids from around the state well we would do these uh, these marquee events and we'd go to certain schools and what was stunning to me is is, is the interest of these young kids to have somebody pay attention to them it was like a mm-hmm. i was i mean and believe me i'm not a rock star but it felt like you you were swarmed by kids that wanted to tell you about their world that wanted to talk to you that wanted to be with you and it was really amazing so when you talk about some of the needs of helping people and kids understand that gosh god doesn't make junk and and uh, uh we're just glad to have you as a as a part of the world and here's there's some special things ahead for you if you can just get that all together that's really exciting Absolutely. and and uh, what an what a incredibly important thing to be doing to uh, be relevant in the life of a child. That, that's uh, uh, some amazing work that you've got going. But how did that, how did that all come about? Because um, I, as I was preparing for the show, I noticed you've got some credentials in business uh, in, a, in a variety of different industries. Uh, you've got some great education. Um, so uh, you just don't wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm going to give it all up and uh, head for camp.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's definitely the case. Uh, well, I grew up at Youth Haven. My grandparents and my parents actually started Youth Haven. Um, my my grandpa was a very successful businessman, owned several companies, and uh, back in the, the middle 60s just knew there was more to life, more to do, and to help others, and children especially. And so out of that passion and vision, the Lord laid on their heart for them to begin Youth Haven, and they walked away from a very successful lifestyle, and uh, into a 90-acre a dilapidated farm <laughs> oh and, and the work of Youth Haven. And so, you know, I had that example for me from an early young age. You know, like I said, I was born and raised at Youth Haven. Um, but as I aged in and, and my teenage years, I had visions and dreams of doing other things. Honestly, Youth Haven was not on my radar, always loved the organization, but didn't see myself specifically um, being there as part of the staff. Yeah. And, And uh, so I was on a trajectory to become an airline pilot. That was my goal and dream in life was (laughs) to fly commercially. Oh, my. Uh, But in 1997, my wife and I both very clearly felt a call to be involved with Youth Haven again. And so we uh, walked away from that passion and dream and and, uh, came to Youth Haven much like my grandparents did in the early days. And that's been a great example for me, seeing the faith that they had and just the trust and, and knowledge to do more. And that's where we've been now since nineteen ninety seven. Both my wife and I serve at Youth Haven full time.
0: Wow. And 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 I have to tell you there there's there's um you know I, I, I at the bottom of my email um you might have noticed that it that it says anybody can make a living. I wanna make a difference. And I gotta tell you, when when you uh look look at the decisions of your life, that's pretty much what you've lived by right there.
1: It is. Well, my grandpa had a motto. Uh, again, we're you know faith-based organization, but his motto was that only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last.
2: And mm, that wasn't well.
1: a motto he created, but just one he lived by. And, um, you know, there's so much need around us, and great organizations all over our communities doing wonderful things, and our call is to help children. And that was something that uh, I just felt very passionate about early on, and Continue to this day, now being there for uh, 23 years, Oh wow. recognizing there's still a lot more work to do. The needs are only continuing to increase in our world, unfortunately.
0: You bet, that's so true. And Lars, we're so glad you're spending some time here with us this morning, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to share your story here with Lars Carlson, uh, President and CEO of Youth Haven. So, thanks again for being a part of it. We look forward to uh, tuning back in here in just a second after we pay some bills here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan. Business Network. I'm Vic Bergeron.
3: Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs.
0: Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Verschro, and I'm honored to have with me Lars Carlson. He is the president and CEO of Youth Haven, which is doing some tremendous good for young people uh, around the country, truly. And so we're glad to have you here, Lars, and I'd love to unpack your leadership story because um, although uh, it was one of those things where you, you felt like you had direction and got yourself a different dream uh, beside the airline pilot plan, uh, but was there some other things that that precede that before we get into some of your current work? What are what are some of your early on experiences that help uh, to form the uh, the now mature and successful Lars?
1: Sure. Well, it's been a journey. There's no doubt about it, and constantly learning. Uh, yeah. So I love uh, programs like yours and so many great resources to just continue to grow as leaders. Uh, it's a it's a needed thing to have solid leadership in our country. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I started young. I was I was one of those that worked at a fast food restaurant early in my life, and and uh, had a different um, job at different points. You know, worked at some banks as as a customer service rep, and you know had a lot of different types of leadership above me. Um, those that were very dominant and very much tell you what you do and this is what you do and you don't fall out of line or else, you know, type of leaders yeah. and others that were very encouraging and helped me understand who I was and how to be successful, huh. understood that if the staff or employees are successful, the company is is successful. And um, in particular, I, I worked for a marketing company over in the Kalamazoo area uh, before coming to Youth Haven. It was a I I was interested in some computer programming and learning how to do web design and such and so I got hired by a small company uh, to do web design for some of the companies they they provided that for and I worked with a team of about five or six programmers and uh, my my direct supervisor his name was Phil and he was just great he really helped us understand one that we were valuable Mm -hmm. so even things like we would be able to just take a break in the middle of the day and walk down to the local store to just get a candy bar and something to drink to refresh. That didn't bother him. He, his philosophy was that you get your work done, you do it with the excellence that we need you to do it and I'm going to trust you to be able to make good decisions mm. on your time management. And that was a principle that really, um, was something that was new to me. Again, yeah. i had worked for, for bosses that were very much just that you do it, how I tell you to do it in period. <laughs> right. And, uh, so that was kind of a new thing for me. Um, just that, 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 that respect that was given to me.
0: Well, I think there's uh, something he, there too, Lars, that that we should meet, just take a moment on is this whole trust because um, people know when they're not trusted. It, there's in, in that trust element in a in a business setting is so powerful, and I think about absolutely. your what you what you're telling me is that here as a young person, somebody said I trust you. And, and I think, if nothing else, that probably um, was one of those things you didn't want to violate that, right? Did that, did that kind of create more of a focus on, I don't want to let this guy down because he really believes in me?
1: Oh, absolutely! When you know that someone is giving you that kind of trust and confidence, and respecting you to that level, you want to rise to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do everything to make sure they know that that is not going to be taken for granted. Right, right. And uh, definitely was a, a great lesson for me early on in my life to just understand that kind of leadership and how to treat an employee or a staff member.
0: Yeah, and and to your point, the control and command. That you know, when 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 you have. It's, it's a boy, it takes a special person. So the people you're talking about have got to be unique. Um, but it seems like there's a little bit of stress there when you let a young person do something so they can l- learn and make their mistakes and get better from them. Is there a is there any kind of magic ingredient inside of inside of that? Because it feels like, um, like allowing young people to have a little bit of leeway to make some mistakes, not to get hurt, but to but to learn from them. So is there any you you deal with so many y- young people in your world? Is there anything that out of there we should talk about?
1: Well, that's a great point. And you know in my current position, I do lead a staff, and a lot of them are young, college age just out of high school or just yeah. out of college, and they're the ones that work right with the children um, at our at our organization. You know, I think you have to find that balance. You have to be able to give that freedom and give them the knowledge that you care about their input, their insight. I think communication is so critical. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you just give freedom and then leave them alone, they don't have clarity on maybe what that truly means. You know, what are the boundaries? Um, And that's the other thing. I think expectations being put out front. So, again, he said to us, you get your jobs done, you do it with the excellence that's expected and we need you to do, then you have freedom to do within that confines what you feel is best and to manage your time wisely. Um, So I knew those expectations up front, and I think that's really a critical component, is just giving clear expectations along with the opportunity to to make some of those decisions and and yeah sometimes mistakes um you know that does happen no <laughs> comes doubt. with
0: the turf doesn't it you know the, the whole expectation things i think is really really exceptional because um it, I, I guess i've been guilty of uh, can't you read my mind what's the matter with you <laughs> you know and, and i think that when we give clear expectations and we communicate man you just hit two of the key um cornerstones of successful leadership because communicating the vision, communicating what needs to be done, setting expectations so everybody that's pulling on the rope knows when when and what to do um, and what's expected of them. That's just really big. And the fact that you're pouring into uh, young teens um, and some young 20-year-olds that are down there making a difference in kids' life. Uh, boy, that's that's pretty big stuff. We're, we're so glad, Lars, you joined us today. There's so much for us to talk about here on the Leadership Lowdown. We look forward to coming back right after these messages here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Bergerow. Thanks for tuning in. You found the leadership lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with our our guest today, Lars Carlson. He is the president and CEO of Youth Haven. And Lars, I'm really uh, Lars, I'm really enjoying our, our conversation here as we start talking about the the young formidable years. And, and right now in your career, you're, you're you're over in Kalamazoo, I think it was, and you're working with a marketing firm. Any other takeaways that happened uh, along that way in in those early years?
1: Sure. Well. You know, right away, I started sensing from them, and they were clear that they wanted me to be elevated into a leadership role. And that was another just great, encouraging thing. So I knew that they were were seeing potential in me and sharing that verbally with me. So I had that that knowledge that I could do it. You know, I had the ability. Um, and there were lots of little lessons taught. Uh, one in particular, I remember one day I went into my uh, boss's office, and we were talking through some things related to how do you lead somebody when you don't understand what they're doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a limited knowledge of computer programming, but I was working alongside um, some other young college students that had way more knowledge than me. Yeah. And he said, Lars, you always remember this. He said, you need to know enough to know you're not getting bs <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Now, some may disagree with that philosophy, but for me, you know, it was a it was a takeaway because I thought y- you're right. I don't, I don't necessarily need to know everything they're doing or how they're doing it. Sometimes they are going to do it better than me, and I don't need to give them all the direction yeah. that I might feel at times. But I needed to know enough to lead them well to give them an understanding of the boundaries and the expectations, but then to turn them loose and let them do what they did best. Yeah, And that was a principle that really has stuck with me as well.
0: Well, and it's powerful. Um, It's powerful when you learn it early on. It feels like it becomes an an inner fiber or part of your TNA when when it connects and resonates with you. And all of a sudden, it's kind of an aha moment for a young person. How old would you have been about then?
1: So I had just gotten married not too long ago. I was about probably 20, 21 years old.
0: Wow. How about that? Those are epiphanies and great moments for you at that point.
1: They were absolutely. And then as I looked to transition to Youth Haven, it was around that time, again, my wife and I just really felt a call to come to Youth Haven. And, um, you know, as I was leaving the organization I was working for, they they were very gracious. They let me know that they didn't want to see me leave. They even tried to offer some things to help me stay, but they understood that it probably wasn't realistic because this was a family connection. This was an organization i had grown up at and, and they were not gonna be able to stop me. But <laughs> as I left and they just were so encouraging to me, it really made an impact on me. And in my leadership, even today at Youth Haven, I've taken that approach. Um, and I've had other leaders that have shown me that example of sometimes loving people out the front door, you know, Mm. letting people know they're valuable, even if they've messed up. And in my situation, they wanted me to stay, but You know, they were just very encouraging, so that that made an impact as well.
0: Well, I want to I want to visit with you just for a second about that because when I think about, um, you know, especially younger people, I I stayed at 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 the same organization for thirty eight years, so so my history is is uh, you know kind of focused in on one organization. But today's organization, you have people that are that are moving in and out of careers so swiftly that they might you might have a really sharp young person for a couple three years and they're gone. And and I think that's all right. I think what I wanted to maybe reaffirm with you is that it's it, is that exit strategy before it happens because I think letting people go on great terms um, and in in great um, uh, scenarios makes for uh, radical really excited people that are fans of your organization. So I think when you can lift them up and encourage them out the door, even though it hurts because you're losing them, uh, to give them that good exit feels like it's an opportunity for your organization to get some loyal, wonderful fans out there that, that are saying good things about your organization through and through.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I have I remember one time hearing an interview with Coach K, and yeah. they were talking to him about how just how hard is it as a coach, to see these young players come into your team, to come into your your care, and then they leave. Yeah. And and I remember he said something to the effect of, "That's my role as a coach. I am here to train these young people, to give these young guys the understanding of how to be successful." And to and to give them every opportunity to take it to the next level. Mm. And when they leave and they go play in the NBA or they go on in other things in life and they're successful, building on what I've been able to encourage them to do, I win, they win, everybody wins. And I I took that to heart because I thought, wow, what a what a powerful truth that you know. Sometimes it is hard to see a young person, and we have that happen. I've got a couple right now that are going to be going off to college leaving our organization after just a short, too short of a time, but you know, they're going to take with them experiences and, and things that they've learned. And if we've made them better and we've helped them in their future endeavors, that is a win. That is an absolute win.
0: Well, absolutely. And I think it helps too, when you start thinking about um, some of the good ways that they can influence others, Hey, you should go there for a year or two. I did. And it was a great experience, right? That's kind of the, the vibe that you Send out when you uh, have people talking about you out in the out in the marketplace.
1: Yep, no, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, word of mouth, and especially in this day and age with social media, you know, there's truth to the just the simple fact that you don't want a bunch of disgruntled people out there, um, you know, putting bad posts up about your organization, and um, so that's definitely a, a part of it as well. But you know, again, if we can help employees succeed as they move forward, especially if it's not been due to you know improper behavior whatever you know if we can help them succeed loving people that's an important aspect of any business and any organization's leadership
0: for sure you bet great insight thanks so much lars for uh, being here today thanks for tuning in to the michigan business network this is the leadership lowdown i'm Vic versuro we're going to be right back Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verschereau. Today we have with us Lars Carlson. He's the president and CEO of Youth Haven, and so it's good to have you here, Lars. You've had some great insights so far for us, but tell us about uh you've finally made the commitment you've moved to youth haven uh things are uh both you and your wife are on the same page, and so you're off and running so um gotta be some wonderful experiences in in things there where there's some leaders and some events there that helped shape uh, shape your future since you joined at such a young age.
1: No doubt, no doubt well. <laughs> You know, so I I came to Youth Haven, and of course was the son of the of the current president. My dad was the president at the time, and and I'm 20-something, and I'm green as can be when it comes to leadership. And you know, I, I had to earn respect. It was not something that was just handed to me uh, by the team that we had at the time. Great people, but you know, I had to earn that. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, I can say, without a doubt, one of the most influential books I ever have read was the stephen covey Seven Habits oh, book
0: absolutely,
1: um, and in particular, his habit of seeking first to understand and then be understood that that has been one of the most transformational concepts for me that i I fail at still, but I always strive for mm. Because all too often in leadership, we have the ability, we often hold the ace card, and we can just rush to judgment, we can yep. make a decision, we can impact somebody's time at our organizations without truly understanding their perspective, getting mm-hmm. in their shoes, or just even having a simple conversation and asking, share with me your thoughts on this, or why did this happen this way? You know, And just trying to get that perspective before making decisions is such a critical component of leadership and one that I made early on many mistakes with, you know, rushing to judgment, doing things. And again, as a young 20 something, lost respect when I needed to be earning it.
0: Well, man, that, that right there we could do a show on, I think, especially with mm-hmm. your experience. i just love to dig in, and maybe we can call a time out here and talk about this, because look, th- that is a huge, impressive book, and for young people that haven't heard of it, they need to go get it and just just understand it. One of the things that came from that in, in, in Covey's teaching was that if you really want to understand the Seven Habits. You need to teach them, and so part of that is handing it down to other people along the way. And this issue of, of seek first to understand. The rest of that, of course, is is before you wish to be understood. And so when we're in a in a discussion, especially a heated one, you know this, Lars. That that if all you do is try to get your point of view out rather than listening to somebody, they don't feel heard, and all they feel is that you're in the middle of an argument. But when you take your approach of why don't you share with me what what I should know about this situation it all of a sudden just diffuses all that tension and it gives them a chance to feel as though they're truly understood and at that point in time I think that's when the magic begins because then you can as a leader coach and begin to develop people are you are you and I on the same page on that
1: oh absolutely absolutely and I think you know a lot of these issues relate to leadership And that's where there's differences or complements to management. Mm. Uh, There's a definite difference between those two. And I learned that in my MBA program at Michigan State. You know, management's a lot of numbers and and, and leading, but the leadership component isn't something that unfortunately is taught as much. And so some of these great resources like Covey's book and Jim Collins has got obviously great books out and Patrick Lencioni. I mean, some of those writers – and those those minds just have brought forth such great insight into how to really effectively communicate and and make people feel valued so that they can win and again the company can win.
0: Yeah, and of course I think I think one of the things that's important is that especially you know, in business, there's times when when emotions run high, the stress is up there, a lot of things going on, and and taking a breath and and uh, is not always easiest. But boy, what a, what of all the seven habits issues, and, 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 and all of them are are fantastic and have great stories to them. The seek first issue is so important. I've had I've had people that have reported to me over the years, and and, and they come in just really on fire, and I go, well, let's slow down here. Let's let us Let's let's remember that there's two sides of this. Let's let's hear hear it all out. And boy, what a difference it makes when you're having a conversation versus an argument, huh?
1: Absolutely. And I can remember many circumstances. One in particular where I was in the middle of a of a you know moment where I just rushed to a judgment and didn't understand the staff member that I was in charge of the perspective they had, and I. I'll just say it. I laid into them because Mm -hmm. they had made some decisions that I didn't agree with and didn't feel were right. And, you know, after the heat of the battle, maybe a day or so later, we came back together and, and I don't have a problem apologizing as a leader. And I did. And I said, look, my, my response was not okay. I need to understand why. And I should have asked this first. Mm -hmm. And when he explained to me his reasoning for the decisions he had made, right. I I had more than just pie on my face and I felt terrible. <laughs> yeah. and, and I it was that it was a, a moment when I said, All right, this concept has got to be deep rooted mm. in who I am as a leader from here on. And what you're again,
0: leading I, I, with, right? Isn't that what you're saying, Lars? Is what you lead with is this notion? Seek yeah, first to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, sometimes you just gotta make a decision as a leader or a manager. You just gotta do it and it's gotta be done for the for the simple fact it's gotta be done. But whenever possible, to get, again, it just brings value to the people that you're leading and they mm. know you care about them. Yeah. And that is such a critical component of leadership.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's another whole area. we we'll probably get into that in our next segment. I think, uh, Lars, you just give us so much good stuff to think about. And of course, look, it's not, it's not what I heard you in this last segment. It's not about always being right. Um, the Heavens, uh, leaders are human, and that, and that just creates by by fact you're going to be wrong on occasion. But being able to say you're sorry and being able to work through things, uh, man, is a great way to gain uh, leadership and influence over other people. Lars, we're glad you're here today sharing the stuff with us. We're so glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bergero. We'll be right back. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with Lars Carlson. He's the president and CEO of Youth Haven, and I am just having a blast taking a bunch of notes from you. Lars, thanks so much for uh, sharing your information today. So I've got a young man that's uh, that found Stephen Covey's seven habits and have and has found a few of them to live by. Um, any other things along the way in those early years and some of those formidable years that are, are takeaways that our audience could, uh, could uh, benefit from hearing?
1: Well, you know, again, leadership is a continual journey. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's so many great opportunities to learn and grow. There are conferences you can attend there are books. You can read, um, you know, webcasts like yours are great to just tune in and hear other leaders and their experiences. And that was something that I, I really started to try and do more of as I recognized my need to be a better leader. And I was starting to be elevated into, um, greater leadership roles at our organization. Um, you know, uh, Jim Collins, good to great. What a what a great yeah. book! Yeah, uh, just to again read about just managing people and and other things. And Patrick Lencioni, I mentioned him and some of his reads, uh, just how to do very practical. You know, how you run a meeting and do it so efficiently or effectively. Um, You know, but just those kinds of resources and other things, I would encourage anybody in a leadership leadership role to to seek. Mm. Uh, you can't stop growing as a leader, and I think. If you get to a point in your leadership where you feel like I've arrived or I can't change, then I think you need to look in the mirror and say, wait a second, am I the best leader I can be? And I can tell you I do that and say, absolutely not. So, Hmm. what can I do to be better? Yeah. Um, And, you know, especially in these changing times that we're in right now leading people um, has become a real challenge in many ways. You know, we're seeing so many organizations telecommuting so you're not face-to-face with your staff or, you know, you're, you're having to scale back your staff and do more with less, you know, and that just takes a whole other... Level of leadership.
0: Um, well, you you just it, you just hit on something there that I want to I want to uh, stop us for a second, Lars. When when you think about uh, telecommunicating and and uh, you know the world has become one's big Zoom meeting, and I'm sure it, you're you're feeling distance with some of the things going on uh, at Youth Haven with with the pandemic and such. I, I, my question would be, um, what are some key things that you can do to help build trust and and um, and uh, culture and all the right things? when you're so distant do you have any any thoughts on on how to move that forward
1: i do um you know one of the things that i've tried to be very intentional with um, is to to communicate with my team even one-on-one you know when you not just for a job performance review or something you know technical like that but to just have a conversation you know whether it's a phone call hey how are you doing Um, You know, how are how are things with you and your family? Mm, Yeah. Uh, And not just for lip service sake, but because I genuinely want to know how they're doing. You know, this pandemic has brought a multitude of emotions out in people. Right. And some people are responding with, you know, just different feelings than I am. So it's a very positive thing, even with the pandemic gone, which we certainly hope will happen soon. You know, just to continue to have those communication lines wide open and, and initiate them. You know, if you're back in the office, instead of sitting at the desk making a phone call, walk down or walk through the hall and just peek your head into the offices or into the cubicles and just say, hey, how you doing today? You know, and just yeah. having that relational aspect I think is such a critical thing for people to know you care as a leader. I know I've felt that when I have uh, had other leaders above me.
0: You know it's interesting because as a leader, sometimes you feel like you're you're talking to busy people. You expect a lot out of them, and then you show up uh, at their office or cubicle or whatever it is, and you start chatting with them. You know, I, I've always been worried about man. Am I wasting their time? Should I? What should I? But I think I think the key there, Lars, is that it's is it's not just talking about um, uh, uh, peripheral. Light issues. It's about their life and and about what's important and remembering names and and different things, right? So it's deeper. Is that is that what makes it worthwhile?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I understand efficiency is critical, and and a lot of times you just again have to stay to task, and so you have to find those times and again be intentional. You know, Mm. we have to be intentional in our lives. In fact, my uncle, Dr. Randy Carlson, has a whole radio ministry and show related to being intentional in our lives. And I think that is such a critical thing to, to just look for ways to reach out to people. Um, And just, again, I think I've heard another saying, uh, interesting people are who are interested. And, you know, if you talk to anybody and act interested in what they're doing or what their lives are, what's going on in their lives or who they are, they respond much differently to you than when you just kind of telling them, what's going on in your life yeah and and i so many of these concepts really are in their life concepts it's not just about leadership it's it's how we need to behave in our relationships with our spouses and with our kids and at least in my perspective that's how i see many of them
0: well i love that it's it it, and, and i hate to use the word influence because um Um, you know, sometimes that feels a little like it's manipulative, but, but when I think about, you know, you can have people that are, that are raving fans of yours, um, if you just spend a little bit of time to be sincere and to be open and to be honest and not to be, um, you know, cooking up false pretenses. So I, I, I think you're onto something there in terms of, of how you interact with people.
1: And, and if you're that kind of leader and have that kind of interest in who they are as people, they the sky's the limit for what they'll be mm-hmm. willing to do for you and the yeah. organization. Yeah. Uh, that's just been the experience I've had. And again, if they succeed, the organization succeeds. So again, I know efficiency is, is sometimes you just got to get things done. You've got to say, this is the way I need it done. But I think, again, another Stephen Covey principle, when you put into the emotional bank account in those other opportunities where you're just engaging them on a personal level, even then when the push comes to shove and you just got to get stuff done, they're going to be ready to to do it. You know, they're going to be ready to go after whatever you need them to do. Um, and, and so I think it's just, again, it's that balance. You yeah. have to find that. And that's a trick. That's a hard thing, and, and I'm still learning daily. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can tell you, I had some conversations this week. Oh, even. Uh, I'll the, bet. The, well, the, you know, week, so. it's,
0: it's never easy. It's always about learning, and you're helping us learn today here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Berchero. We're going to be right back.
3: place keeps changing and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice adaptability and innovation dbi offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization dbi helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression dbi is your office
0: furniture partner learn more at dbiguests.com Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with Lars Carlson, President and CEO of Youth Haven. And, of course, Lars, it's been an interesting trip. And, man, I've just loved our time together here today. There's so many great things that you've mentioned and discussed about takeaways. And I I just – I just uh, I don't want to cut us short because I want to make sure I I, I understand and, and uh, feel for the mission of Youth Haven. So when you talk about bringing all of this leadership uh, to your organization, tell me about some of the great things that you guys are doing, some of the needs you have, and in uh, where 2021 will take you.
1: Well, we're hoping um, you know I think like everybody that we're going to be returning to some normalcy. Yeah. Uh, this last year though has been A great learning experience for so many of us, but at Youth Haven, you know, we we saw the constraints that we had, um, some of the different restrictions and and just things we had to do as motivation to innovate. And so we found some new ways to help children um, that were not even on our radar back last year in January. And so that's been a great thing to just see how we've been able to grow and reach more kids. And we're going to continue a lot of those initiatives into 2021, in addition to hopefully returning to some of our more uh, consistent on-site programs where kids come to yeah. our campuses. So, lots well, of uh, lots of lots of great things.
0: Well, you in, in Rives Junction, uh, I have the uh, that, that correct. Rives Junction is your world headquarters, correct. right? So, uh, right. Uh, when you think about it, it was a 90-acre farm that that uh, your um, your folks uh, uh, established. But um, uh, do you serve children and youth from around the country through uh, Rives, or is it just Michigan?
1: So we, our primary focus with the kids on our campus are kids from Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, um, and the okay. Midwest. Yep. And then in Arizona, it's primarily Arizona and surrounding states. But some of our new initiatives, um, including a whole virtual camp program that we launched this summer, We reached kids from five different states, Um, and as we know, people are transient. So, you know, our kids that are here in Michigan growing up may be moving someplace else. So we know that the impact Youth Haven's had has been national and even worldwide. Sure. Um, And so we're we're excited to do that. Again, all these kids come free. That's one of the neatest (laughs) things about our organization. From day one, we've never charged a a dime to these children. We work with a multitude of agencies and social service agencies across the states Um, to bring kids to youth haven and we're beginning to even broaden that network to again reach kids outside of our immediate stay here but you know to be able to do that and and just see people pour out you know and we're just supported privately by individuals businesses uh, churches corporations that want to have a part in helping make a difference in the lives of kids and it's been that way since 1968 and, and that's That's nothing I can take credit for. That's nothing my parents or grandparents can take credit for. That is is God.
0: Oh, that's cool. So when you think about, um, I I, want to say for some of these uh, underprivileged children, um, they're having a a whole variety of first-time moments in their life when they arrive at Youth Haven. Is that true?
1: Just to have, you mentioned it earlier, Vic, just to have somebody listen to them. Mm. Sometimes is the first time, you know, to have three meals a day, to have clothing given to them, new shoes, um, and then just have the experience of being out of, you know, maybe a drug addiction home or alcoholist home or, or, or just. You know uncertainty because they've been moving from home to home as foster kids to come to a safe place, oh. a haven, literally where they're loved and cared for. Yeah, absolutely, that is a first time for many of them.
0: Man, that is so cool and so powerful. You know, you know, uh, organizations like yours. I know, I know, there's so many organizations that have needs and everything else. But when I think about um, how do you break this, how do you, how do you get from point A to point B when you have when you have children or families that are just caught in a silence? cycle but when you can take them somewhere you can give them hope love on them and give them a belief that the future does not have to look anything like the past that's just a powerful powerful antidote for uh whatever's ailing anybody i think
1: oh absolutely you know and we're year-round so these kids there it's not a one time a year and then they're done we have uh they can come multiple times throughout the year we have a follow-up Um, outreach where we send them things in the mail and and we're communicating with them even online and using technologies and just so many ways to stay involved in their life yeah that is that is a key component of what we do
0: well do you have outreach services too that are off campus that are that go out into the communities and such
1: We do. In fact, one of the ones we've had is a longstanding program. Is uh, We work with the Lansing Housing Commission, and we have a program at several of their communities in Lansing where we go once a week and just spend some time, an hour, hour and a half with the kids at each place and just just love on them. Just have fun and give them, again, some hope and encouragement, That's uh, cool. which is something all, a lot of kids need right about now.
0: Well, so true. And, we're uh, boy, we're running out of time. I could spend three days with you, Lars. I appreciate your time today. Tell me, um, if people are interested in reaching out or looking deeper at uh, Youth Haven, how would they do that?
1: Well, our website is probably the best way, at youthhaven.org. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. But, you know, just visiting our website, seeing what we do, Every dollar that comes to Youth Haven goes to help children in need. And people who stand with us, again, businesses or whatnot, um, it it is such a blessing and just will empower us to reach more kids here in 2021 and beyond. That's our goal. Mm -hmm. We just want to help, and we need help to do that because, again, we don't charge anything and we take no federal or state money. 100% One hundred percent privately funded by people who want to have a part in making a difference in lives of wow.
0: Well, Lars, you made a difference today. Thanks so much. Thanks for being a part of this. We really, really appreciate your insight. It's been it's been outstanding.
1: Well thanks, Vic. It's been great to be with you.
0: We look forward to talking to you again next time on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschereau. Can't wait to talk to you next time.